0: But I want to address, uh, if you will, just give me a minute or two as a pastor, uh, the beauty of last week and the practical side of it. Um, Pastor Scott and his wife Robin in that church will never forget Sunday. But I want you to know that sometimes we can see something like that and it unlocks something within us like gives you the permission to do that and be that. You can do similar things in the life of anyone you choose to do that with. You can make sacrificial giving. You can open your home. You can open your life um, considering the person, seeing them, what they need, and finding a way to do that now. On the flip side of this, if you'll give me just a moment to pastor us, any of y'all ever had kids go off to college? You know, they're in the driveway and they're taking your car with them, and they're like, "This is great!" And there's streamers on. You're in the driveway like this, and the wife goes, "What are we gonna drive?" And you go, "I don't know. I don't know. Just hey, asked me Sunday. Someone said, "Well, what are we gonna do?" I said, "I don't know. Well, we'll get (laughs) we'll get something, and that's where we are." So. We're going to have to get another van or two. So in the days to come, with no pressure, no fanfare, no special schemes or manipulations, if you would want to participate in purchasing another van or two here to fill up with youth and kids and have them here, you can just put on the bottom of your left, the left part of the check, van And uh, we'll probably give another one away soon. But um, those objects mean nothing if we're not using them for the glory of God. And so I just bless Pastor Scott today and Robin and Christ Chapel East, Lord. And I just ask that you fill their house with a confirmation of your presence this morning. That you'd fill it with glory. That there would be a camaraderie there and a sense that God goes with them and before them. May that van in a small way, Lord, I know it's just a machine, it's just a small vehicle, but would you let them see that as their coat of many colors and that we are here and we are here for them and that we would make their journey one of of having camaraderie with another local church. Thank you for the small part we got to play, but the opportunity that we had to share life with them. Bless them today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms and stand with me this morning. Psalms chapter 107. Psalms 107. Before I read this, those of you that come here, you know this is not something that I do lightly or or do often. As a matter of fact, I can count on one hand probably how many times, but I just feel compelled to. Kristen, I just have to say something to you. Um, That melody in your heart, I felt like when I glanced over at you, I just felt like it was just like a statement pressed on my mind. It's like I carved out a place in her for that, and I put that melody there. And it's not contingent on who your parents are and what church you go to. But that song is genuine and it's beautiful to the Lord. Don't ever lose that part, okay? That little girl part, all right? Okay. Psalms 107, verse 23. If you're there, say amen. They that go down to the sea in ships, they do business in great waters. Mark that in your Bible. These people see the works of the Lord. And his wonders, where? In the deep. For God commandeth, and he raises stormy winds, and he lifts up the waves thereof. And these waves mount up to the heavens, and they go down again to the depths. And the people's soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm. So that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they're now quiet. And God brings them. Unto their desired haven. Oh that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works. To the children of men. Let these people. These mariners if you will. These sea going Christians. Who go out into the deep. And do business and come back safe. Let them. Let them exalt the Lord in the congregation of the righteous and praise Him in the assembly of the elders. Doing business in deep waters, great waters. Would you pray with me as I pray for myself this morning that uh, God would anoint me and allow me to communicate this truth that He dropped in my heart for us and that we would receive with meekness the engrafted Word of God which is able to deliver us from who we are And where we are, Father, I just humble myself before you today. You know uh, my down sitting and my uprising. You know my thoughts are far off before I think them, and I just present myself to you in my weakness and in my frailty. But altogether yours, I don't want a part of my heart that's not yours, Lord. And I pray for that anointing to come up from the inside and reside upon me, and give me the capacity to communicate your truth with clarity. And, and an ease of understanding, Lord, to the hearer. And, and let it bring forth great fruit in the believers that you have rescued and redeemed in this present age. And thank you for the privilege that's mine. Truly, you choose the base things of this world to use and confound the wise. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity and privilege to be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In your son's name I pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Believers who do business, it says they do business in deep waters. I was thinking, you know, I'm not a hashtag person, but you could hashtag this sermon and, you, and you know, high-five your neighbor and tell them, what you doing? I'm just doing business in deep waters. I'm navigating these, this situation, this, this difficult place. If you live long enough with the Lord, you're going to get out not just over your head, But you're going to get out so deep in things that you can't see land anymore. Where you get disoriented, where what carried you before has no comforting value. You, um, the the gauges seem to spin out of control, and it's not familiar. And um, they used to say, if you don't, if you're flying in a plane, don't worry until you see the flight attendant scared. And when the flight attendants are scared, that lets you know, (laughs) you know, and same on these vessels. When you see people that are familiar with deep waters, when they're scared, uh, it means for you to pay attention. But what what do you do when, as a believer, you get out past anything you've known or experienced, and the people you look to for guidance have nothing for you? Sometimes we get out into these deep waters because of our own choices, Good or bad. It's been said that if you could kick the person in the rear end who's caused most of your troubles, you wouldn't be able to sit down for a long time. Our choices take us there often, good and bad ones. Sometimes we're out in deep waters with the Lord in hopes of great reward. We go out and start a business or or, or start a long school commitment or we get out. Anybody else swam out over their heads? Y'all can't be real quiet this morning. Anybody just get out. For future reward, you take on risk and you have to go out further than the average person would go. Sometimes your enemy draws you out into deep waters so that he might destroy you. It's what the Israelites thought when they came to the Red Sea and they went in the middle. Pharaoh was wanting to destroy them there and coming after them. Sometimes, listen... Sometimes we find ourselves in deep waters because we've naively followed fools. People we thought were blank, but in the end were something altogether different. And sometimes we are finding ourselves in deep waters because we've been drugged there against our will. No child chooses abuse, neglect, some of us have been abandoned and betrayed as, you know, abandoned as children, betrayed as adults. Sometimes it's the cruelty of men that drag you out into water that's too deep for you to swim in. But other times, sometimes, it is God himself that orchestrates our travels to bring us into deep waters. Where he can get our undivided attention. Revealing both ourselves to ourselves and god to ourselves in the hopes of the this revelation of who god is might free us from all fear if you're taking notes very quickly this morning three points number 1 i want to talk to you about the terror of these waters number 2 the travelers of these waters and number 3 the test of these waters And as I was preparing this sermon, I thought this is going to be interesting to some, encouraging to others, applicable to some. And then there will be a group of people where this message is going to be a life vest for you. And may the Lord apply it as he sees fit in our lives. Deep water has a connotation to me that that just sounds terrible. I know some of y'all aren't scared of nothing, but I didn't learn how to swim until I was 16. I drowned one time at eleven. I saw dead relatives and everybody. You know, I was like Uncle Earl, Uncle Earl. I was coming in between the field of dreams cornfield. I came back to Lake Top, spitting up Lake water. You know, the Yuhu River. You know, Uh, I just didn't like water. I fell off that raft. I fell asleep on the raft. Even then, I was falling asleep. Fell asleep on the raft. Stepped off over my head. You know. Anyway, uh, I said, "Well, how'd you learn how to swim, girls?" See, girls, don't use your powers for evil. You, you know, you, you have powers in the beginning, and as men get older, those powers fade a little bit. But, uh, you know, I'm 16 out at the pool, and these g- girls, all the guys were diving, and one little girl says, Hey, John, you dive. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I'll dive. And, I, got, I did it. I got to the other side and you know, threw up a little bit, but I, I was good. And it, was, it wasn't real impressive. But there's something about deep water, and others are still scared of the water today. You know, I've got the memory of, you know, Daddy, come on, buddy, come on. And, and you're on your tiptoes, and it gets up to your neck, and then you just grab him, and he carries you out. But then you don't want it to be over his head. There's something about deep water that if you can see first in the natural and then the spiritual, there's an unknown dynamic about it. And it it can terrify the strongest of believers, the terror of these waters. They are vast waters. I don't know if you've ever been out on the ocean, you know, uh, whether it's a cruise, uh, a deep sea cruise or deep sea fishing, you're 25 miles out and you realize that most of the water, most of the world is covered in water What I'm trying to tell you is when you get out there, no one else's experiences can quite match up with yours. You just got to learn who the Lord is because the waters are so vast. They don't just fold right up on top of one another. You might have familiarity, but the purpose of the waters is to find out how limited we are and how infinite God is. You know, when you go out to the ocean, as far as you can see, it's just a few miles. It's not, I mean, and there's no land on the horizon. These are vast waters. And you don't want to tell the young person going off to college all that there is in the water of life. How many dangers, how many pitfalls, how many poisons, how many animals that are, you know, uh, uh, fish that could kill you. You don't want to... You don't want them to be naive, but at the same time, if you told them all that could happen in life. Can I get a witness here? They wouldn't even want to take the trip. Vast waters, far from land, far from the familiar, far from the safe, and far from the predictable. They're unpredictable waters, the fear of the unknown. They're deep waters. And there are people in this room that are in deep water today. And I'm going to talk about swimming pool water. I'm not talking about lake water. I'm talking about something that they don't have the vocabulary to explain to other people. You can be so sick that you're not be in your right mind. You can lose so much in this world to where it alter the very person you've been your whole life. Sorrow. What... What do you tell a mama who buries their child? What am I supposed to say as a minister when that little 11 year old baby or four year old baby or a newborn? No mama should bury her baby before she dies. No, no man. What do you tell the woman that's served papers, uh, her husband serves her, and they've been married 30 years? What do you, what do you tell them when? Uh, What do you tell the papa whose son is diagnosed with leukemia? And that man would rather you shoot him between the eyes than see his boy suffer. These deep waters that, for those of you that have been in them in your Christian life, do you remember the feeling, how inept you feel to be able to try to tell people what you're feeling? How impossible? I can't communicate it to you how murky the water is. How... The, the waves of fear come in and come back out. Abandonment, abuse, death, deep waters. And I'm heading somewhere. Just bear with me. These are uncharted waters. Abraham, leave the land of the familiar, the land of the Ur of the Chaldees, and come with me and I, to a land that I'll show you later. Well, which way does Abraham go? It doesn't matter. God's going to get him there. But there's no map. Do you remember? Do you realize when he asked Abram to follow him, there's no interstate, there's no exits, there's no maps, there's no GPS, there's no anything. And some of you, the Bible tells you that his sheep know his voice, and you're following God and you have no idea where you're going. And I have a word for you for those specific people this morning just because you don't have a map doesn't mean there's not one god knows where he was taking abraham god knows and see believe it or not contrary to contemporary pentecostal charismatic doctrine the lord's not trying to get you to a place where everything you want is yours he's trying to get you to a place where everything you want is him is him well, he says, Jesus, it's in Jesus. He's the one. He, he's it for me. He's the destination. He's the journey. He's all of these things. And God does some of his deepest work in the darkest places. He had to take Adam and put him to sleep to bring forth Eve. You know, that story in Genesis is so neat. God saw Adam and, you know, Adam's naming all the animals. He's in the beautiful Garden of Eden. You know, none like it since. I said, what's wrong, Adam? He said, I'm just sad. I'm just sad. I'm just sad. Well, what's wrong? I don't know. I'm lonely. He goes, tell you what I'm going to do, Adam. I'm going to make you a helpmate. And she is going to be beautiful to look at. Her voice will be like butter. It'll be like butter. It's just sweet, breath smell like carnation milk. She's going to be sweet to you. Sweet. She's going to get up before the sun rises and cook you bacon and eggs and Grits and toast and hash browns and and waffles and pancake, whatever you want, buddy. And then she's gonna go chop the wood for you, and you know, and she's gonna go out and till the garden. And then lunch is ready. She's gonna bring you in. And wait a minute, it's in there. You got to go read the message, Bible, the message. <laughs> and then, and then in the afternoon, while you're taking your nap, she's gonna get everything ready for supper. And, And Adam, oh, she's going to grill you. It's meat. Adam, she said she's just a carbohydrate girl. Meat and bread and potatoes. And and in in nighttime, nighttime, Adam, she's never going to let you forget that you're a man. He said, Lord, what's that going to cost? An arm and a leg. He said, well, what can I get for a rib? (laughs) Well, that's what we got today. That... (laughs) (laughs) That's what we got now. Okay, I get, where was that? Hold on, hold on. That's uncharted wars. Wait a minute. What was I talking about? He said, not that. It, it felt like it fit. Hold on, hold on. Thank you, Jay. His deepest works done in the darkness, and so he puts him to sleep and brings woman out. Okay. Aaron's rod budding in the darkness of the tabernacle. And in the morning there was bud, blossoms, and fruit. Thank you, Lord. Could it be, could it be that this excursion to the deep for you is not God trying to necessarily take something from you as to put something in you? I don't know where I'm going, but he does. He does. And my steps are suggested of the Lord, ordered of the Lord. Just because you don't have a map doesn't mean there's not one. And in due time, listen, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the left and turn to the right. These waters can be relentless, merciless, and unforgiving. Unforgiving. And you may be at those deep waters' mercy, but those waters are at God's mercy. God raises up storms. God calms the storms. He's the creator of the ocean of life that we're floating on. And understand that regardless of how far away from land you are, you've never been closer to God than you are in that moment. I can't be separated from Him. If I make my bed in hell... He's there. If I take up the wings of the morning, He's there. If I go into the lowest parts of the ocean, He's there. Where am I going to go from God's presence? Nowhere. Nowhere. One of our problems is that we see these storms, these deep water storms, more clearly than we see God. What if you could describe God more clearly and more often than you do the storm, that would show a balance of faith in. And, and by the way, these are renowned waters. I think one of the things that causes men to fear is when they see people they respect go under in something. when you know someone's spouse leaves and the guy takes his life or. A child is lost and the woman goes into a room and shuts her doors and she's a recluse for years and years. And see, when we see other people not come back from the deep, then we say, well, who am I? I know this is probably a very simple message, but I felt so prompted of the Lord to share it with you today. You don't make it based on the quality of your vessel. You make it based on who your captain is. (laughs) The boat you're on may not make it. But you will make it. You are the only appreciable asset in the world. Blood bought. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Purchased. And we must all travel these waters. And yes, they are terrible. They are... They produce fear and they can paralyze you. But I wouldn't have a God that wasn't a God in deep water. Do you hear me? That's when I need him the most. That's when I cling to him. That's when all the other things I think I had faith in, we throw them overboard. This wasn't in my notes, but I feel proud to share this. You remember when Paul said, We were out in this, nor'easter came upon us, unexpected. And we had not seen the sun nor stars for many days. Sun nor stars, which meant it was just a black heaven, uh, dark gray heavens, no light. And he said, we threw everything overboard. It's one thing to throw your steering wheel overboard, your tackle. It's another thing to throw your sail overboard and, 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 and throw your food overboard. When there's nothing left on there, He said, and we left ourselves to the mercy of the wind. That's what the pagan does. Some of us are on a vessel and there's nothing left to throw over. And now you have to trust God. God, wa- See, you don't realize it, but you're doing business in deep water. You're commercing. What do you have for me, John? All I got is a little bit of faith left. Give me that. Watch what I do. I told you if you'd believe, you'd see the glory of God, didn't I? John, do you have any steering capabilities? Mm-mm. I threw the wheel over. You have a rudder? Mm-mm. You have a sail? Mm-mm. You have any food or water? Mm-mm. Is there any hope for you? Mm-mm. So if I rescue you now, you're going to come away from this transaction with a revelation that you did not have beforehand. You don't get it in a book. You get it in the deep. You get it in the deep. Number two, the travelers of these waters. They're just mere people. Mere men. Mere women. Mere children. There is no age minimum or cap. And any and all will travel. This is the thing also that's one of the things that's hard for me as a pastor. Is some children... That I encounter have traveled deeper waters. Than most adults in this place. There's nobody outside saying. If, if you're not this high. You can't ride. They are forced into horrible situations. Born into horrible situations. Taken advantage of. So the, it, it comes upon all of us. Male and female. Young and old. Rich and poor. And these travelers. Travelers. Are no strangers to motion sickness and dizziness. Even if you're not prone. to, I've always been motion sick. Always. Always had inner ear, vertigo type stuff. And I'm not trying to be gross. It's just the truth. When I was little, of course, after Daddy died, we rode the cheese hound to school every, every, every day. I threw up every day of my uh, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, every day. Oh, no, you didn't. You asked my mama every day. And the kids just laughed and laughed. Yeah, I got motion sick. And there's other kids didn't get motion sick. But did you not know there are rides at the fair that can make the person that doesn't get motion sick motion sick? And you want to go up behind them. I wanted to get behind them. Go, <laughs> you know, see, now what you're feeling. Have you ever stood with your Bible under your arm, your prayer life's up? But your world starts spinning at such a rate that you, you feel like you could fall over any minute. You're, you're fi- you know you know the Lord, but there's a dizziness that takes hold of you. That's what happens in the deep. Up, down. I feel the Lord's with me. I feel the Lord's with me. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it. And the waves, there's no specific order. If, it w- if there were, you could get your land legs. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. These travelers will experience Discomfort homesickness they'll second guess themselves regret will come to the surface and people that have never been paranoid before will experience paranoia in great waters the travelers in these great waters learn to understand and appreciate the value of a working compass let me hit this one time for this generation i know you know this But just by chance, in case there's a visitor that doesn't know this, the world is offering uh, a compass with no springs, no no meters. See, because there's no real north. It's a new compass. It's called the Your Truth Compass. There's no real north. So what is your north? Well, I'll tell you what I believe. And so now your little, what do you call the little arm of that? Needle, thank you. Needle goes this way. That's your truth, and that's your truth. You get out on deep waters, it is easy to recognize fools in deep water. I don't need a compass based on this world. I need one that points to true north and the word of God for the believer. Isn't it funny how you'll get out in deep waters and all this other stuff that's fluff in your life will fade away, and you say, give me the word of God. Take me to a church that preaches the word of God. Give me Christ. Give me his words. I need the needle to be precise. So, Lord, am I right? Am I right? Lord, am I getting better? Lord, Lord, right there? Right there? Broken compasses create dead sailors. You learn the value of a, a working, accurate, dependable compass. And you quickly realize the necessity of a proven captain... This is hard for some of you because you're still the captain of your own ship. You say he's Lord, but you're the captain, and I can prove it. Whoever has the final authority in your life is the captain. I know what the Word of God says, but then you're the captain of your salvation. When I'm in deep water, I don't want anybody touching the helm but a proven captain. Captain. And Christ is that for you. See, some of you don't realize all this is about getting you to shift who's the captain. God is not your co-pilot. He's the pilot. He owns the plane. It's his. All of it's his. And he wants you to come into a firm, reliant, exclusive trust in his ability not just to save you but to carry you home. The payout is not just getting home. It's how you get there. Are we going to get there with joy? Are we gonna get there with confidence? Are our children gonna be able to watch? You know, they're watching us just like you watched your parents. That's a scary thought. Just like you watched them, they're watching you get the bad news just to see how you react. And they say, Daddy, what are we gonna do? And you, with all confidence, no exaggeration, baby, I don't know, but the captain of my ship knows. And I'm confident. That he that began the good work in me is going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Look at your daddy. Your daddy's not the captain. Your daddy's not the captain. But I know who is. Let's go kneel at the foot of my bed and let's talk to the captain of this ship. Fearless. Not in my own strength. But in that, that captain of my salvation is proven. He's dependable. He's faithful. These travelers are eyewitnesses to the works of the Lord. It says it in the text. They see the works of the Lord. Those that go down in deep waters and do business, they see the works of the Lord. They, see, they become eyewitnesses. Listen. And then some become students, and then others become scholars. Eyewitnesses to the works of the Lord. Students who, who save and chart And glean from the works of the Lord, and others become scholars. Why would you want to become a scholar in the ways and works of the Lord? So you might help other people in the hour of their distress. That's pretty much what I am. Just white-headed Pastor John saying, Let me tell you what I know about Jesus. One of the reasons we have little faith is because we live in shallow water. One of the reasons we have small faith is because we live in shallow water. The travelers of these waters will inevitably come to the place of utter and absolute helplessness. Knowing what I know, I still would not volunteer for the deep waters that I've lived through. I'm being honest with you. God says, you want to do it again? No. No. But if you ask the same guy, What were the greatest things that happened to you, spiritually speaking? It was in places of absolute helplessness that I learned who he was. How do you know what the lily of the valley smells like unless you've lived in a valley? Not lily of the mountain. That's why when you hear some people sing these songs on Sunday, I wish if you could watch a worship service from the stage, it would change you forever. They're singing words and scratching and yowling and they're, you know, just bare, just yeah, standing because he told me to stand. And others, their tears flowing down their faces, their hands are lifted, their hearts engaged because they're remembering. They're remembering while they're singing. Oh, if it hadn't been for the Lord who was on my side, my enemies raised up and they all pronounced that. Where is His God now? Where's John's God? How's John coming out of this? What's he going to do? And the captain of my salvation stepped on the scene and smote him on the mouth. Not because I was it. See, you you, you get confused. He's not defending us because we're good. He defends us because we're his. I'm going to deal with you later, John. We got some things to talk about, but this one here. He's not the one that's going. He didn't die for you. I'm not going to let that one deal with you. And finally, the test of these waters. The test of these deep waters is to see if you will travel them. My sheep hear my voice and another one's voice. They will not follow. Some of you, some of us, have spent our whole life within 30 feet of the shore. Because we will not have a God that takes us into the deep. We will only take the preached God today that will keep us from the deep. Not in the deep. From the deep. The God, this, this diluted, polluted version of God that keeps us from difficulty instead of in difficulty. Which keeps us from sorrow instead of holding us in sorrow. Some of us live second person to other people's stories who have lived in deep waters. We don't see his works because it's too shallow where we live. We will not follow him into that place. One of the most beautiful descriptions of Israel, first, primarily, but can be applicable to us. It says, And I he led me out of the wilderness. Here she comes, leaning upon her beloved. She didn't even have the strength to walk, but her beloved holds her up and carries her. Some will not follow him. Listen to your pastor. I'm almost done. Some will not follow him into sickness. You don't heal me. I'm done. You don't heal my baby. I'm done. I'm done with you. So you decide. Some will not follow him into sickness or lack of. Here I am, a believer. I give my time. I give my resources and lose my job. The company folds, steal my retirement. So will you follow me out into these deep waters? No, I am not. I'm, I'm, you didn't fulfill your end of the bargain. A very good friend of mine who owned his own business was going through a very difficult time at one time. And um, the Lord gave him, I don't remember if it was a vision or a dream, but they were standing at an apple barrel. And the employees and different people were saying, I need 10 apples. You know, like a little whiskey barrel type thing full of apples. And they were, he was concerned. 10 apples and two apples. And everybody was asking for apples. And he was getting very agitated because this is a limited resource. And he said, and John, the Lord let me pan out from the dream. And I realized I was standing in the middle of an apple orchard. I can't tell you how many times I've brought that to my mind. All I got's right here. But Lord, let me pan out and see that you're the one that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You own it all. Own it all. You won't follow him into lack or loss or sorrow. The first Christmas I spent by myself in the dark years, my son came home from college and I, I asked the Lord, just let just let me. Make this one palatable for him. I don't want it to be about me. And um, I was just heartbroken. Um, I don't remember at what time on Christmas, and I'm not trying to go into the detail of it. But it was as if, and it wasn't audible, the Lord said, Can I spend a day with you? Just sit with you. And he didn't touch me and I become joyful. I just kind of all during the day after my son went his way to his friends. I just had a sad day. But the Lord was near. You follow me? He didn't wipe away the tears. He sat with me in my tears. Sometimes he, sometimes he just gives you a jolt. And you I don't know what happened. But I got a feeling everything's good. And other times I just know that he's not going to leave me. See, he's always adding pieces Please remember, you're the project. He's getting you ready for eternity, and he. There are things that happen in deep waters that never happen in shallow water. You are today the product of the worst thing that's happened to you, the worst things that have happened to you. Things were taking place. The test of these waters: if you will follow him into pain, will you follow him into misunderstanding? Will you follow him in misrepresentation or persecution? Some will not follow God into a place that cannot be explained or be given details before they go. They will not follow him into waters so deep that they cannot see bottom or the land from whence they came. The test of these waters is to see if you're willing and able to survive them. If overcoming was easy, there'd be more overcomers. If overcoming was easy... There'd be more overcomers. What is God doing? He's either proving your faith or disproving it. That's what's going on. When you melt it down, is there within you the capacity to say, I don't understand. I can't connect A to B to C. I can't do all those things. But I know that God is faithful. And I know God is, is true And I know God is near me and with me and He has the final say in my life. The test of these waters, sis if you would come please, is to see if you're willing to survive them. Sadly, and I'm not speaking about anybody specifically, but you know, you hear the stories of a man taking his life or a woman taking their life or even, God forbid, a teenager Or a child taking their life. I watch people commit spiritual suicide. That's it. That's it. That's it. Done. They fall off the reservation. They're gone. What about the God of your youth? Don't talk to me about him no more. What happens? The deep water did such a number that... It was almost like better to put their fingers in their ears and act like it didn't happen and just forget the whole trip instead of letting God have his perfect work in there and break that will, that, the demand to have to understand, to have to know, and not free fall into trust. You ever seen a rocket go into space and you see it just shaking on film, shaking on film until it breaks the gravitational pull, and then it goes... That's what happens when you break through into trust. Everything stops shaking and you say, all my fountains are in you, Lord. All my eggs are in your basket. You're all I I have. Raging winds will cease. Calm waters will come. Pleasant weather will follow. And destinations will be realized. It's in your text. It says he makes the waves to stop. He hears their cries. He uh, deep waters teach you to pray that's what I've been saying we said, and then I brought them to their desired destination in the meantime will you curse God or call out to God will you blame God or bless God will you turn away or turn to will you accuse or praise allow these storms to carry you through fear and into freedom to be faithful to boldly proclaim the goodness and power of God to this generation the test of these waters is to come into a full reliant exclusive trust as God is the creator and controller of the deep four statements then pray for us it is in the deep where we experience God in deep ways where you get your story? That's where you sit your grandchildren down in front of you. You said, "Listen to Papa. Let me tell you about the Lord. Let me tell you about how He preserves. Let me tell you about how He restores. Let me tell you about how good He is to keep His promises." Papa got some stories to tell you. Where'd you get them? In deep waters. Deep waters. I'm not deep. The waters were deep. It is in the deep waters where the greatest rescues are performed. He not only saved me from my sin, he saved me in deep waters. I remember sitting in my office years ago, looking Leanne Nichols in the eyes. And I said, sis, you wouldn't lie to me, would you? She said, no. Am I going to make it? Leanne, am I going to make it? She said, you're going to make it, John, because God is faithful. Your stories. see, we want stories without the experiences. (laughs) We want to talk about God, our healer, and never been sick. We want to talk about God our rescuer and you never had Pharaoh coming behind you. The deal wasn't that the sea got up and moved out of the way. It's that God went before us. See, because once the sea closes up, that's a one-time miracle. But if the cloud by day and the fire by night is with me, then whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I ever be afraid? Deep waters change you and transform you embolden you prioritize you and give power to your words and it's also where the fish are found Jesus said launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a great catch well Lord we've been fishing here you've been fishing in shallow water the next chapter in your life will be will you will you launch your boat into deep waters not drugged by the cruelty of men not by fate Pull the anchor up, boys. Where are we going? I don't know. But I want to do business with God. I want to see his works in the deep. I want to arrive at my destination with a story to tell. I believe in my heart there are men in this room. This could be the turning point from telling other people's stories into telling your own. Launch out into the deep for a great drop, Great draw very quickly and we all have difficult times this is not what i'm talking about but if you're in great waters today unexplained no one would understand if you tried to explain and it's not their business to know and your prayer your your commitment by coming to this altar is you're my captain lord and i I declare it publicly today i want you to just come stand around this front I'm in terrible waters today. Great waters. Deep, deep waters. Now those who truly have. This won't take but a moment. We're just going to pray a prayer of commitment. You have survived things that other people died in. And you said, I, I just want to come stand with you and let you know you're going to be okay. Come stand with them right now, would you? Guy with a guy, girl with a girl, come stand. Ladies, would you all just spread out just a little bit so others can stand with you? Great. Will you do this for me, guys? Not just those praying. If God kept you in waters that should have killed you, would you just come stand around this front? We're going to play a song and we're going home. I want, you to, I want you to be the, the, the covering around them said, I was one of those that I wasn't going to make it, but the Lord carried me and kept me. I want you to feel the presence of them behind you. Josh, would you cue that song volume low and then bring it up for me?
1: Mm-hmm. Never could have made it Without you mm-hmm. I would have lost it all But now But now I see how you were There for me And I can say I'm stronger
0: Y'all stand with us this morning Everyone wiser. Thank the Lord for what he's brought I'm you through better. those in the altar would you look this way please that's not a hype song for some of us I could stand before you and they wire me up to a lie detector and said is there any way you could have made it without the Lord no, no 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 but John did you make it oh yes 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 and the things that I came out with I preached to you and I tell you, you said I'd take your eyes off that it's like trying to push a volleyball under, under the pool and you just push, I don't care how strong you let it go. The deeper you push it. All right, I've seen things. I've seen things and I know things. And I learned them in the deep. Oh, you gonna make it? Yeah. Who's your captain? If the captain of your ship has holes in his hands, you're good. You're good. Amen. Where's Chris? Chris Weeks, are you in here? Is he here? Oh, he's in sound booth. Come on, Chris. Come close for us. Y'all give our youth pastor a hand this morning. Chris, we love you so much, man. Would you pray over us this morning? Catch your breath.
2: I'll no, hug man, you later. So now I've been a... Coach, now for the football team. i have to run. Man, ain't it good? I sat back so many times and was like, mm." boom, you know what I call those? Those are Holy Spirit moments. And I'm telling you, if you didn't get any of those today, you might want to pray through because the Lord was speaking. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We worship you. And we give you glory for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for being the captain. Lord God, thank you for guiding us, even though we feel like we're lost, that we just have nowhere to go and know nothing. Lord, we know and have confidence in who you are. I ask, Lord God, that you take today and let it be a growing moment for every one of us in here. And, Lord God, let us sing your praises when we see the sun rise in the morning. Lord God, when we we learn what we're supposed to learn in these deep waters, Lord God, I ask that you help us to recognize that you are the true captain. Lord God, we love you. We give you all glory and honor for what you're doing in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for being God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And don't forget, we will have service tonight. We have something for everyone. So come on back. We'll see you then. Oh, the kids. Oh, I have open gym. Yeah, we're, I'm sorry. All uh, sixth grade up to 12th grade, come have open gym with me. Even though it's a holiday, we're having open gym. So don't miss out. Y'all got me?